Hello and welcome to Dyna Bros, the official reacts of your Dynamo faithful. We'll be bringing you post-game reactions with no analysis and all emotions all postseason long. With me are Zach and Kyle. We just won the Western Conference semifinals 1-0 against SKC at home. Zach, what adjectives best describes how you are feeling right now? Dreamlike? I, I, elated? Drunk without alcohol? Is that allowed? That's like not one word. I don't think you said one word. Adjective. No, adjectives. Like ad- adjectival yeah. phrase. My grammar was pretty bad there, so I can understand why you're not you're remembering if it was <laughs> Yeah, this is incredible. I mean, I I can't claim to have as much depth of emotion about this as I think the rest of us on the pod because I've only been following the Dynamo for a few seasons, so I haven't like trudged through the full, you know, breadth of the dark ages of the Dynamo's last like, you know, 8 or 10 years, but yeah, but knowing what I know and participating as I've participated with you guys in this for the last 2 years, this feels unprecedented. You know, for us to come from from Nagaball to this in a year and a half is insane. You know, it, with the dead weight that we carry, with like all of the caveats that are attached to being a Houston Dynamo fan this season, to be here is nuts. It's wild. It's incredible. Kyle, give me your adjectives. Which ones best describe your feelings tonight, right now, this moment? <sighs> Sinsky, man, I have I have so many feelings. And I don't even know where to start, but all all I can like think about right now is just time being a flat circle. And I feel like this game has sent me into a time warp. So I'm just going to drop some time knowledge on you guys. 11 years since the Dynamo have been in a conference final. S- what, six or seven years since we were last in the playoffs. At this point, it's just like a year, a year ago. We were done with the podcast and we were taking the season off and we were on to bigger and better things because our team was so bad. Right now, we have a team that has a new coach, like 17 new players, all new staff. We have new faces all around the club and that team has won a trophy and is now playing for a conference final. I just can't be more proud of the team that we follow and love. I'm so glad that we do this podcast so we get to talk about this like every week together and that the people out there get to listen to just us rambling about the team that we love. And man, I'm just so excited. I can't believe that we've gotten this far. And But I can because this team has earned it and they've played so well. And tonight... They really have. Tonight, they, they won 1-0 off of easily the greatest header ever scored by any soccer player in the history of soccer. And it wasn't the prettiest game, but it was a dynamo win. They fought and they fought until the end and we did it and we're in the final. And I'm just Seattle, LAFC, who, I don't care. Send us anybody and I'm, I'm ready to go. Like send us the I, whole want, world. I want the ship at this point. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Let's go. I'm feeling pride and joy. I don't think there's any other words I can say pride in my Houston dynamo for holding out, sticking sticking their feet in and just saying, this is it. We are not moving another inch. They're not gaining another yard. Whatever quote you want to use, it doesn't matter. We just like said, no, Sporting Kansas City, you move. And you're right. That header was incredible. (laughs) Just 
I would have liked to see Sviachenko get on the end of it just because you know he's the target and oh, we've been trying yeah. to get him that. All you've said it's not going to happen. You might be right, Kyle. But what good on Franco for saying, I'm going for it. I'm putting it in. You know what? I'll be the one. I'll get it done. Loved it. Loved it. You know, Glenn on our podcast said maybe it's going to have to keep being goals by committee, but the strikers need to step up. Well, once again, goal by committee makes it happen i'm man i just it's so impressed you never know who's going to score the goals for this team right now it's like it could be literally anybody you have to love that so i'm just feeling joy and pride and man this feeling's going to last forever until until the next game and i'm just clutching my knees shaking <laughs> we got to win this one too you know wow just incredible you're right we've earned it the all all accolades and all honor to Ben for this one, man. He is he has yeah. dominated this league, put together an incredible team, just got some guys whipped into shape and like shown us what Houston Dynamo soccer can look like. And I I love it. I love it. We all were questioning, is Ben the man? And the answer is yes. It is him. All right. Kyle, do you feel like the scoreline represents the game? Was this a one zero game to you? You know, I'm glad it was a shutout. I think Steve Clark deserves the shutout, and our defense was stellar. I think it definitely could have been more. Sure, they had their chances, but I don't think we were ever like, you know, I I never felt like we were going to concede on every opportunity. I did feel like we should have buried a couple earlier chances. Quinones had a couple great shots early on. I feel like Baird should have just hit the freaking ball instead of trying to dance around the keeper on that through ball. Aliyu got close. The guy is cursed. He can never score just a regular goal. He's only he's only allowed to score like goals that don't mean anything for us, apparently. So I definitely feel like we deserved the scoreline here. Would have liked to have seen us kill the game off a little bit, but it is what it is, and it's, it's a win. All right, Zach, we talked about this a little bit before we started. What do you think? 1-0 is the right score for this game? Yeah, I think it is. We... I mean, I like what Kyle said. We weren't, we were playing with grit, but we weren't playing to close. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I hate to say that that feels like the story of our entire playoff season, but it kind of does is we play very gritty games. We're really good at holding it down, you know, hashtag hold it down, but we don't, we don't, we don't close. We don't finish. Our final third looks rough. Our last ball looks rough. We miss a lot of opportunities. I think there probably hasn't been a game yet this postseason that we haven't come away feeling like, we should have got that one, right? Talking about some goal at some point, usually in the first half, that like, how did we not put that in the net? So yeah, 1-0 feels right. It's 1-0 is to me, that's the scoreline of a gritty defensive game. And that's what this was, was a gritty defensive game. We got our ball in, we shut them out, and that is what it is. No, I think we dominated. We had a massive conversion rate percentage increase over them. They had a 0% percentage increase or percentage completion. Right. On goals, we had 25% completion, which this is not a stats a stats episode, but I'm doing it anyway, you know. That's a, we that's a as it gets. We, they had 75% passing. I think we had 85% passing or 86 What is happening, Sinsky, man? I, You're not we're cheating. Me. We're cheating. We di- we dominated this game. You There's guys no rules. Game. No. The, tens- the tension felt like a 1-0 game, but this should have been a 3-0 4-0, maybe 3-1, 4-1 game, the way that it all played out in the end. We just 
something is someone's got to shake our strikers. Someone's got to shake them and say, look, guys, this is the net. This is you. And this is the guy you need to beat (laughs) to put the ball in that net. It needs to start happening. It's crazy. What was Baird thinking? What was Coco thinking? What was, I mean, just so many, so many shots that are like nowhere near. Baby face. We can have this argument. Uh, no, no, now's not it, the time. It's just now wild. is the time. It's not it's the strikers. Coco Carasquilla has had the worst four games of his season yep. Yep. during the postseason. He's missing passes. He's like doing like flick behind shots to nobody. He's taking shots at the goal that are going one, two, three feet wide. I'm sorry, Chris, you got me on Imperial. We should be speaking metric. Like Coco Carasquilla, we've been saying it every single game, like in our in our group text. Coco Carasquilla is like bafflingly He's off off yeah and to me that's the that's the missing piece right our midfield is the hinge that this entire team swings on and for Coco Karaskia to be part of that midfield and not be able to move passes up the field well I can't lay it at the striker's feet when we're not like laying it at the striker's feet you know what I mean I don't know I think Baird had a great opportunity I think I I think Coco is one of those guys who we're expecting to score and to, to take shots and it's not happening but I do. I think Coco has been so out of it these last few games. It's really yeah. weird. like all the hype was there. Kyle, get I think here. it'd be. I think it'd be awesome if, like, at this point, it doesn't really matter. But had Coco not had a, such a good season, I would love to see us play a four-two-three-one with Hector and Arthur in the double pivot, and then Thor up top and Baird out wide. I would love to see that happen. I'd love that too. With Bossy right behind Thor and Thor just taking shots. And Corey Bear can still do his running around thing and causing chaos. I would just love to see that. But I understand like Coco plays a pretty key role in this midfield. He's just been so poor that it's like, we got to do something. And I get that like Ben's not going to switch it up at this point. And Caicedo is all, he always comes in and plays well. I just I I just would like to see something different or I'd like to see Coco figure out how to play soccer again because when he's on, he is just so good. And we've missed that for, like Zach said, four games now. It's just he has gone missing. Yeah, I I do think he had a couple of glimmers in this game where it was like that was a good decision. That was a great pass. Smart movement there. It's just not all coming together when it needs to. All right. Next topic. Was it a handball? Zach, should Sviachenko <laughs> have given up a penalty in that moment? Was it a handball? Man, listen, we've had this debate. We had this debate because of a Tottenham game. We had this debate because of the game yesterday with was it Cincinnati. <clears throat> the debate is, yes, I think it was a handball. Yes, I also think that the call on the field was was good to stand. That's where I fall. The at the end, they showed us they showed us an angle like a minute after after VAR didn't overturn it. They gave us an angle from behind the net. <laughs> yes. And the angle from the behind the net was like, yeah, that hit his arm. That definitely hit his arm. <laughs> like it was definitive <laughs> to the point that the commentators talking about it after the fact were just saying it, that it was a like a bad call, that it was a handball that didn't get called. And they were certain about it because it looked so so clear. I don't know how I VAR love didn't that, I love that they played that clip after like VAR had finished. So, like, <laughs> yeah. It was almost like as if VAR didn't have access to that clip. Twitter, but I it was like a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting sent it up to the commentators like, hey, you need to see this. But at the same time, I we've had this argument about with the Premier League. I think that I agree very much with the call on the field being the 
the standard and VAR having to have overwhelming evidence to overturn. I like that. I get that technology could make this game more boxed into the rule set. You know, like technology will be a better eye than a line judge. But at the same time, I think it destroys the spirit of the game, right? Like there's going to be mistakes. Refs are going to make bad calls. We literally complain about it all the time. And that's just kind of like part of it. It's a gentleman's game, right? Like that's part of how the game is played is you have to play the game. And I don't, I mean, I don't disagree with it not being overturned based on information that it seems like they had at the time. Now I will say if VAR took a look at that last clip that we saw and they still didn't give the handball, that's kind of questionable. But I get the vibe. I just don't know what else Fiachenko can do. His arm is at his side. It's clear. I've, Ben said it best in the the post conference interview. He said we don't even know what a handball is anymore. I I think the the rules for what a handball is definitely need to be looked at across multiple leagues, but the MLS for sure. And you've got to just sit down and say, can a defender? Does a defender need to have an operation preseason to have his arms removed completely, <laughs> or because his arms are here? And yeah. All right, you guys can't see this. I'll post a I'll post a screenshot yeah, of my arms to my side. Ian. Yeah, so producer Ian will splice that in, give you all visual. But I just I don't know what 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 else he can do there. He's got to protect the back line. He's like he's he's got to do something, Zach. There's probably also the argument if VAR did have access to that clip at that time, which I have to believe that they did. There's probably also the argument to be made that his arm was so close to his body that even if it had not hit his arm, it still would have deflected off of it. Maybe that's maybe that's the discussion they had, you know, in the VAR booth is like, mm, yeah, touched his arm, but it wasn't intentional. He was drawing his arm in. And even if he hadn't hit it with his arm, he would have hit it with his body. Right. Like they had to have had that conversation. I yeah, mean, I think somebody said, like, was it just arm or was it arm and body? I don't know. Yeah, it's. It just needs to be clear what the ruling is. And there's somebody going to be listening saying it's very clear. Obviously, that was a handball. And someone else is going to say it's very clear. Obviously, it wasn't a handball. So I don't know. We just got to figure out what a handball is in this league. Again, Ben is spot on. All right. Last thing before we get to good, the bad, and the ugly. Who would you rather face? Kyle, I think you said you don't care. So I'm going to go to Zach. Who would you rather face, LAFC or Seattle? Seattle for the prestige. Ooh. Right? That's like I a mean, knock on LAFC right there. I also LAFC is don't the MLS care. champion right now. <laughs> Whatever. They're new, though. I also kind of don't care in the same way that kind of like just bring it, you know, content and equally like hopeful against both teams. But there's just something in beating Seattle. You know what I mean? If the Dynamo come away, yeah, they're not the current champion, but it's Seattle, right? I would love to bury that team. Something I, about it just feels right. I respect that. Kyle, I know you don't care, but who would you prefer if you did care? If there was yeah. a Kyle in some multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I care. I don't care in the sense that like, I want all the smoke. I don't care who, who wants to come get it, you know, but I would rather play LAFC because we have beaten them twice this season already. And it'd be nice yeah. to uh, make it the hat trick of defeats. So, and I just feel like playing in Seattle is a lot harder than playing in LA. Take that LA oh, fans. Sure. Yeah. Rational. I'm with Kyle. I want to play LAFC. They're the MLS Cup champions. That's why I wanted to play Sporting Kansas City. There are big rivals. I want the big matchups. And Seattle is big. You're right, Zach. But I want LAFC. I want the the champions. I want to be the one to put them down. And we own LA. We owned LA during Naga Ball. You know what I'm saying? We own LA. Griffin Dorsey owns LA. 
our team is going to destroy them. The LA doesn't stand a chance. So I hope Seattle loses by 20 goals tonight so that we can go against LAFC and just <laughs> demolish them. All right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Personally, I think this game had all three. Kyle, you get the good. Oh, man. It feels cheap to say, but we're in the finals, boys. We've come a long way. I think it's cost we started. Time. We started a podcast when this team was terrible and we had fun doing it then, but man, has it been a fun season to cover this team. And tonight just feels like that like next layer of culmination as we get closer and closer. And all of it has felt just like bonus after the open cup win. You know, at, at that point it was like, Hey, that's awesome. Nobody thought we'd make it this far. We're still going. So I got to take the low hanging fruit and say the good is we're, we are in a final for the Western conference. We won this game fair and square handballs be damned. Who, who knows what a handball is? Like Ben Olson says, nobody knows, but we made it and we're on to the next one. Look, mom, no hands, Zach, you get the bad, the bad. That's actually the hardest one for me. I guess if I was going to pick the bad, it would be subs. That's been rough. I think every playoff game, we've all been calling for subs in our group text, you know, around like 65 minutes, 70 minutes, all of the dynamo, like faithful, you know, kind of lashed a little bit back at the fact that we didn't like we played for the draw in the last game with RSL. This game felt kind of the same vibe from Ben on the bench. Like, but I mean, like I have to trust him. So it's, it's still, that's why the bat is so hard. Cause I want to say that the bat is like, that we aren't, we aren't subbing early like it would have been great to see Aliu come on early it would have been great to see Caicedo come on early and have more time to put because you know Chris Chris you and I were talking before that we recorded about this game felt like it was calling out for a second goal everything about this game even the commentators at the end of the game were saying that the stadium vibe felt eerie that's the word they used because everyone was holding their breath like it we all knew that there was a second goal that needed to come out of this game and was it going to be SKC was it going to be us and I feel like if we had Caicedo and Aliu and maybe a couple other pieces on the on the field earlier, maybe we would have seen it. Maybe it would have been a second goal for us, and maybe yeah. we would have been able to kill the game a little bit better. But Ben doesn't. Or maybe, like would, or maybe that feeling would have just gone away completely, and we and Caicedo right, would have been enough out well. to, to shut him down and say, yeah. "Well, no, we don't need a second goal because our everything's super solid now, so we're right. fine." Right. I agree with that. I think subs was a real has been a real issue, but on the other side of that same token. We're winning, you know. Yeah, so, so it's been getting it right by not playing the subs. I don't know. I I feel like, and maybe it's because we play FIFA, we play Football Manager, whatever. We've played soccer games where you have to make subs. Like if you don't, your players will die. And this is real life where that's not necessarily the case. But if you're not making subs around the 60th minute, then the opponents are going to get a goal. And so maybe. Maybe that's part of the feeling, but this game really did feel like someone was going to yeah. score again. And I I really think if the Dynamo would let a, one goal in, they would have let in a second. I really feel that. Like, I think it would have unraveled. And I'm trying to stay faithful. That's our MO. I, yeah. I know the name of this podcast, but I was feeling so nervous during this game. Maybe it's because I haven't been here as a as a real fan and the a chance to go to the conference final. Maybe that's what it is. So, 
That's the good. That's the bad. Here's the ugly. We took way too long to go to the flagpoles in the corner. I was like <laughs> the entire time, like, why aren't we going to the corner? Run that to the corner. Okay. Coco's going to take to the corner. No, he's not. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, he is. Nope. He's cutting inside again. I don't understand what we're doing. And then finally Griffin's like, look guys, this is, this is what you do when you're winning the game. You go to the corner and you kick it off of them and get a corner and in the game. And as soon as he did that, like I had like a joyful sigh of relief, but man, we did not, we were not getting to the corners nearly enough. And that was ugly to me. And this has been Dino Bros with all emotion and no analysis. I gave a little bit of analysis this time. We're continuing to bring it throughout the playoffs. So be sure to listen after each game. We love you guys. Stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, Kyle McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Bellow. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful.